Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is with Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Thursday, September 9, 2021. As of today, 63% of the Italian population is fully vaccinated, considering only the over 12s targeted by the vaccination campaign, 72.7% of the Italians are fully vaccinated. Regarding the doses administered in relation to the population, the regions are more or less the same. Uh, Those with the highest rates are Molise, Lombardy, Puglia, Umbria and Abruzzo. Those with the lower rates uh, instead are Sicily, Calabria, Trentino, Alto Adige, Valle d'Aosta and Campania. Some milestones of the Italian vaccination campaign have been reached and exceeded this week. There are now more than 80 million doses of vaccine administered and with regard to the population over 12 years, 80% has received at least one dose. The commissioner who leads the Italian campaign said that the first administrations of the booster or the third dose will begin by the end of September and will initially affect about 3 million people, the so-called immunocompromised, namely those people who need help for the response of their immune system. After this step, we'll continue with the Italians over 80, the guests of nursing nursing homes for the elderly, and then the health personnel who were vaccinated first. In all, a first number of about 9 million Italians. It was assured that the doses are available. As already mentioned, in these days there is a great debate in Italy with many, many nasty fights for the extension of the obligation to have the Green Pass to additional categories of Italians. Today the government will extend the use of the COVID-19 green certification only to cafeteria staff and cleaners in school, but the government um, uh, but the government's intention is to rapidly move towards mandatory green passes from next week for those working in certain sectors in contact with the public in bars, restaurants, swimming pools, gyms, cinemas, theaters, airplanes and long-distance trials, uh, t- trains uh, to name the most important uh, sectors. Then it will be extended to workers in the public administration and then the government will go on to make it mandatory for workers in other private companies as well by mid-October. That is when the government will consider the most extreme move, mandatory vaccination, based on the curves of contagion in schools and vaccination coverage. The goal is to vaccinate 90% of those over 12 in Italy by the end of the year. Meanwhile, the G20 health meeting in Rome, which brought together the ministers responsible for health of the 20 most advanced countries in the world, has concluded. Thanks to the insistence of the Italian government, which this year leads the G20 group, the Rome Pact was unanimously approved. The goal is to bring the anti-COVID vaccination throughout the world, starting from the most fragile countries, reaching the goal of 40% of the global, pop- global population immunized by 2021. This is not only a decision taken for obvious and just reasons of solidarity. Reducing the number of unvaccinated people will certainly help to reduce the circulation of the virus and prevent the formation of new variants more dangerous and resistant to vaccines. Italy has insisted and managed to convince the other countries of the G20 that taking this decision helps their citizens, not just those of countries in difficulty. The G20 last year ended without a final declaration, but this time the declaration is there and bears the signature of all. The G20 countries are committed to allocate significant resources and also directly send vaccines in the most fragile countries. 
the functioning of public administration is a fundamental aspect of the lives of citizens in every country. The latest data in this regard have been released by the Institutional Quality Index, which measures the quality of public institutions at the provincial level based on five basic parameters voice and accountability, government effectiveness, regularity and equality, rule of law, fight against corruption. The index reveals strong differences in the functioning of local administrations from north to south in Italy, creating very unequal conditions for citizens and companies. In fact, in Italy, the provinces of the northeast have the best quality of institutions, followed by the northwest in the center, while the last positions are occupied entirely by the south. Speaking of cities in the top 10 places from above, there are Trento, Trieste, Treviso, Gorizia, Florence, Venice, Pordenone, Mantua, Vicenza and Parma, only cities in the northeast with the exception of Florence and Parma. In the bottom 10 places from below, there are only cities in the south, namely Foggia, Reggio Calabria, Naples, Enna, Palermo, Catania, Trapani, Caltanissetta, Crotone and Vibo Valencia. The great differences that separate the various provinces and areas of Italy weigh enormously on the possibilities for relaunching the country. With the recovery plan, substantial resources will arrive capable of lifting our economy. With great differences in the functioning of local administrations, however, the risk is that the regions of the north will clip, quickly jump on the train of the restart, while those of the south, endowed with an equally solid economic potential, be held back by a less efficient public administration and let's hope it doesn't happen. Data from ISTAT, the National Institute of Statistics, says that in 2020 in Italy life expectancy at birth was reduced by 1.2 years due to the pandemic. It now stands at 82 years, 79.7 years for men and 84.4 for women. Until 2019, this indicator had been consistently increasing in Italy. Siena in Tuscany is the only Italian province not to have worsened. The provinces most affected by Covid, such as Lodi, Bergamo, Cremona, Brescia in Lombardy and Piacenza and Parma in Emilia-Romagna, lose more than 50 positions compared to 2019. The impact is less of we on women than men because the lethality of Covid was lower for women. Among the many important reforms that the government has already approved or is working on, there is one that apparently is not fundamental, certainly will not bring money into the coffers of the state, but has a very high symbolic value. And finally, we have a government that deals with it. <clears throat> this is the reform of the Committee for the Declassification of Acts relating to the massacres that have affected Italy in the last 40 years. This was announced by the head of the government, Mario Draghi, when he received the relatives of the victims of some of these massacres who said uh, they were very satisfied. These bombings include the one in Piazza Fontana in Milan, the one in Piazza della Loggia in Brescia, the one in the Bologna station and the one of the airplane in Ustica, uh, which are moments that every Italian recognizes as tragic in our recent history, but also other massacres. Dramatic events that have characterized the history of a country and for which many documents are still secret, so that it is not yet clear for some of them neither who materially executed the massacres, nor who the instigators were, between right-wing and left-wing terrorism and corrupt sacred services. It is time for Italy to make its history transparent and for the many innocent victims who died in those bombings in those years to finally know the truth and have justice. It's all for now, it's all for, it's all for today. My name is Umberto Vucci, this was with Italian News. 
I'll see you next Monday. Ciao from Rome.